I didn't know much about the Waldos before I found the 420 Waldo site. I've heard about the Waldos, but I didn't really know who they were. Did you know? I had all of the misconceptions about what 420 was, and I did not know there were people behind it. They were not. So the conversation kind of came to a surprise for me, but uh, learning about this guy, this like this group of guys, it's five guys that coined the term 420 was compelling enough for me to just ask like all the questions all the questions all the questions and so, they've got some stories they've got well they probably could have kept going on the story oh yeah you know steve capper and dave reddix are the founding managing members of the waldos and they kind of do all the media stuff so we we got to talk to them in this podcast let's get back to the waldos and get into the green room with steve capper and dave reddix Hello, thanks for joining us today in the green room. Today we have the managing members of the Waldos, known for coining the term 420, um, Steve Capper and David Reddix. Hello, guys. How are you? Hey, we're good. How are you? Good. That's actually my, that's like my signature move is the peace sign. So (laughs) we're already connected. I'm so excited to have you guys um, on today. And I think it's a different perspective. Typically, you know, at the in the green room, we're we're talking about the journey of the cannabis industry, and I think there's no conversation that doesn't have the idea of 420 and how that came about. So um, I'm sure you've answered these questions tons of times, and we'll get into some other questions later. But I'd love to kind of start with, uh, you know, how did that whole 420 happen, and why are you guys called the Wow Waldos? <laughs> well, we're called to begin with. We're called the Waldos because. We used to hang out on a wall in the middle of campus there at Sanderville High School. Wall, Waldos. And we'd sit up there, and we'd sit up there, and during class breaks, and people would go by, and we'd do impressions of people and crack jokes uh, just to make each other laugh and have a good time. So that's how we became known as the Waldos. Wow. Okay. Okay. I thought it was like maybe people couldn't tell you guys apart or something like that. Right. <laughs> um, and and four twenty. Like, tell us a little bit about the background of like you know how that that came about, how that became so big. Uh, one day we're hanging out on our wall, and a buddy of mine, uh, Bill McNulty, comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, my brother's in the U.S. Coast Guard, and some guys in the U.S. Coast Guard are growing marijuana. They have a plot uh, that they've started growing." And for some reason, they think that their commanding officer is going to bust them. We found out years later what that was about. But, okay. Uh, they suspect that because somebody did get busted even earlier, some Coast Guardsmen from growing pot. So uh, they go, well, we think we're going to get busted. We don't want to get busted. So we've decided to, the Coast Guard guy said, we've uh, decided to abandon the project. And we decided, Bill, that's his, found out it was his brother-in-law, not his brother. You got, you and your buddies can pick it. They drew a map of where it was and said, you guys can go ahead and pick this. It's yours. Okay. A treasure map. It started out with a treasure map. (laughs) So It was a no brainer. You know, Steve brought us this map. He said, Hey, would you go check this out? We're all no brainer. Let's go. You know, you're 16 years old. You have no money. You have no weed. Right. You're going to get some free weed. We're going for it. We're going for it. And so where do the numbers come from? So, uh, you know, we, we weren't Spicoli from Fast Times at Ridgemont High. We weren't Chichi Chong. We, you know, we, we were intelligent stoners uh, <laughs> and, and active stoners. I mean, I was, uh, Dave was getting awards for uh, animation videos. I was getting awards for accounting classes. Uh, we were all into sports. I mean, we weren't the best or the worst at sports. We were kind of medium range. Right. Uh, I, I was a swimmer. Larry was a... Uh, was football, uh, Waldo Jeff. He was the team manager. Dave, what did you do? I think you did football for a while. and then you- I did football for one year and decided I'd rather chase girls and smoke pot. Yeah. Okay. So so, uh, so one of the things was we decided we're going to smoke this pot, but Larry and Jeff had football practice for an hour. We got out of school around 3, 3.15. Wow. They had this flexible schedule thing they started. Some kids got out at 3, some got out at 3.10. Got out of 320. So you get out approximately three, 
football practice lasted about one hour approximately. And there was just enough time to uh, get back to the gym, get your clothes on or get back to the locker room, get your clothes on and get over to where we decided to meet. Right. We decided to meet at uh, the statue of Louis Pasteur on the campus, right in the middle of the campus there, actually in the front of the campus. And we decided we'd meet there at 4.20 p.m. after school, after everybody had (laughs) finished their activities or whatever. Yeah. And we met there that first day. We smoked a big fatty. And then we hopped in Steve 66 Impala and we drove out to Point Reyes on our search. Oh, for your treasure hunt. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. We'd smoke all the way out and uh, take, well, it depends upon traffic. It'd be 40, 40 minutes to an hour it depends upon traffic but listening to that all that great 70s music all the way out uh i mean incredible music during those times especially in the san francisco bay area so much and, and steve had a killer eight track uh stereo craig eight track stereo so we listened to the this booming music all the way out there smoking weed the car would be you know clouded with smoke and we'd be <laughs> yeah. giddy you know yeah, it was forward to what was going to happen it was a 66 Chevy Impala, four yeah. doors. Kind of embarrassing. It's not any car that you'd get chicks with, <laughs> but uh, hand, hand me down, you know, with, and, and being that it's had such a big trunk, you had these big speakers that would baffle it and give you a great sound. So you pile a bunch of uh, Waldos in, you're yeah. smoking out there, listening to the music and uh, headed out to look for the weed. And we did it every week. Uh, oh, okay. We, yeah, did, we, we looked for weeks, but, you know, in the ensuing weeks, you know, we'd see each other in the hallways and we'd say 420 Louie. That was the original saying, 420 Louie. To remind each other. Uh, remind each other where we were going to meet at what time. So nobody yeah. forgot. You go, 420 Louie? Oh, yes. And you go, yes, 420 Louie. That meant we were going to search that day, which we did for several weeks. And we kept searching, but we never found the patch. What? <laughs> so we we realized that, hey, we could use this as a secret code that we could use around in front of our teachers, our parents, cops. Nobody knew what we were talking about. So we just dropped the Louis part and used 420 as our own secret little code. It was a, you know, a, a private little joke. That's all it was. That's crazy. And, and now way, it's like- We had about a hundred other private jokes that we had. Well, I imagine, I imagine. Yeah, but nobody that, that didn't nobody cared it. about those ones. <laughs> well, it's just the tip of the iceberg. You didn't yeah. make it in. Not all our jokes made it into uh, national and international consciousness. We, we had about, we put about maybe 35 of, of those jokes and what they're about onto our website, which is 420waldos.com. They're all funny as hell. Yeah. They're, they're all jokes. That's so funny. Well, like, it's, it's crazy how something so simple and your personal story, I mean, you guys are, were you guys connected to the entertainment industry? Were you connected to the media in any way? Like, how did that happen? Like, how did, how did it get so like now internationally recognized? It's such a big deal. Um, and it, it really carries so much weight. Um, I can't imagine you guys would have ever thought that happened. That would happen. We, we didn't realize yeah. we were creating history at the time. Yeah. We were just having fun. That's yeah. all we were doing with our little secret code. And uh, the way it spread, you know, our younger brothers and lower classmates, they, you know, heard it from us. They carried it on for many years, uh, as well as uh, you can tell them about Mark's connection well, in high school. Well, we, we, of course, we went off to college. Of and course, people yeah. from, I went off to Southern California and people from all over the, the state, and all over the country were there. So they picked up on it and took, took, it, uh, took it home with them. Uh, we have this, so I'll get into that later. We have this big 420 art piece, a flag in my dorm room. And other people are like, what's that? And they picked up on it. Uh, but okay. uh, we had a bunch of connections to the Grateful Dead. We were always around them. And the dead the dead communities worldwide. Yeah, of course. They, they picked up on it from us. Uh, Waldo Mark, his dad handled real estate needs for the dead. Now, the dead were centered in Santa Rafael, California. It was okay. where we live. We went to Santa Rafael High. That was the center of their organization. And they all lived in Marin County. So Waldo Mark's father, uh, lots of real estate needs. You have an organization that big, you need office space, you need places to store equipment, you need places to rehearse. Uh, everybody in the whole debt, the band members, everybody in the organization was making money. They buying homes in the Marin County Hills. Mm-hmm. So Mark Mark's dad would find them their homes. And then when he'd find them their homes, they'd go out on tour. They need people to babysit their animals and their houses. So 
Mark and us would get jobs babysitting their houses. And then his dad always had us, uh, he'd take us, we always on the guest list (laughs) backstage. So we'd go to Winterland, this place in San Francisco. uh, It was an old skating rink, a huge old skating rink. And we'd hang there and uh, we were backstage hanging with, you know, uh, the Grateful Dead. But uh, the other connection came in uh, 1975. The, the Grateful Dead took a hiatus from touring mm-hmm. uh, for about nine months. And my brother, Patrick, has was good friends with Phil Lesh for like 50 years. And uh, in 75, Phil said, hey, Pat, I want to uh, have a couple bands. Can you manage them? And the two bands were called uh, Too Loose to Truck, a take on Too Loose Le Trek, and another band called Sea Stones. And uh, Pat hired me to be a roadie in the band. And Pat and I were using 420 backstage at these shows with uh, with Phil getting high with Phil and guys like David Crosby and Terry Haggerty and many other musicians. And the, um, you know, the the deadhead set, you know, the, the, the roadies and the groupies caught on to this as it spread. Those guys thought it was kind of funny as we brought it up yeah. and it spread through the dead community. And years later in 19, uh, I think it was 91, Steve Bloom from uh, High Times Magazine, he was the editor, I think he was the editor at that time, or uh, I think he was. Anyway, he was at a Grateful Dead concert over at Oakland Coliseum in 91, Mm -hmm. and he saw a flyer that says, come join us for a 420 celebration on the top of Mount Tam on April 20th. Sure. So, so they published that story, and uh, High Times really glammed onto that, and they started using 420 a lot. And uh, then there was the other connection was with Larry. Steve, go ahead and tell them about Larry. Larry, which which guy? Larry Schwartz. <laughs> what what connection? Well, how he? Well, Larry saw. <laughs> oh, okay, saw. okay, all right, all right, all right. Sorry, Jack. Okay, well, one day, some coffee, Steve. Yeah, one one day, and and uh, it was about ninety seven, ninety eight. Larry called me up one day. I'm on the in my car. He goes, "Hey, this four twenty thing, it's taken off. It's all over the place. Right. There's so many." There's hats, there's shirts, there's uh, there's all this, you're starting to see all this commercial usage of it. And people still think that 420 is a, uh, a police code. That's the most, you know, common, common misconception. misconception. Okay, yeah. And I know it's not a police code. I mean, there is no police code in the California penal code system or anywhere else, even related to 420. It's all, if it's transporting weed, if it's selling weed, no, possessing it, whatever, that's always like five, six digit codes. Right. Uh, separated by a decimal point has none, and none of them are 420. So we already knew that. And then there's the other weird things. Oh, there's 420 chemical constituents oh, in the geez. makeup of THC. Yeah, there's just so many theories. <laughs> Bob Dylan's uh, uh, 420 song or something about 420 had nothing to do with our yeah, Bob, yeah Bob Dylan said his song had nothing oh rainy day women uh rainy day women yeah thing. that that was start it. multiplying numbers and it comes out fortune they oh, make up geez. everything <laughs> but but so I had written a letter I, I worked up a letter to high times and he said it's not a police code it's not the time whatever Jerry Garcia died whatever it was yeah his theories I said, we started it back in 1971 in high school, and here's the whole story. And the editor-in-chief, Steve Hogger, at the time said, hey, this looks like something. He said, do you guys have physical proof? I go, yeah, we have lots of physical evidence proof that we were using 420 decades before anybody who knew what it was. So he flew out to San Francisco. We spent a weekend. We showed him all our several pieces of physical evidence proof. And that was kind of the start of it. And then he went immediately on ABC News and like, hey, I found the real beginnings of these. That's, I mean, that is like, I'm a PR person. So from my perspective, I feel like that's like such an amazing guerrilla marketing campaign, even though you guys weren't marketing anything. It just like, that's the first like thing I've heard that's been like, like a truly viral, if you want to talk about, you know, YouTube, YouTube virality or social media virality, this is like a really cool experiment of social virality of like just how you kind of penetrated the market and then it became something that now is owned by anybody who loves cannabis. So it's, it's really interesting. I like, it's, it's such a cool, (laughs) it's it's such a cool testament to kind of social marketing. It's so great that we had (laughs) 
so many all these different pieces of physical evidence yeah yeah, yeah. what uh, what Dave, is what Dave is that wrote, evidence wrote me a letter down at san diego state Dave, tell me about that letter you wrote me it was i wrote him a letter and told him about uh, me being a roadie for uh, phil's bands uh -huh. and i you know i told him i said hey i'm getting high with david crosby and phil and and uh and I, I made 20 bucks last night, man, as a doorman, you know, <laughs> big money. And, uh, and I rolled Steve a joint up uh -huh. and I stamped it down and I put it in the letter. And at the end of the letter, I said, here's a little 420 for your weekend. Oh, nice. So, so we have the letter. It's, 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 uh, you know, dated early seventies. Yeah. And, uh, and it has reference to 420 decades before anybody knew what it was. Then I have a friend who, who went to Israel to live in a kibbutz, and he he was not happy. There's no we there, so he's writing me letters with international post stamps saying, "I'm upset. There's no 420 here." Gotcha. And then and then one of our which we have again, we keep all this evidence in a big giant vault at Wells Fargo. Guess where the vault is located? It's at wow. 420 Montgomery Street, Stop in San it. Francisco. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and then there's, there's this this gal, uh, Patty, we call her the Betsy Ross of the Waldos. Uh -huh. uh, she heard about all our adventures and all our, our 420 and all our other cliches and sayings and stuff we made up. And she had to do an art project for art class. So she decided to make this really cool batik, like 420 flag. Oh. And it says 420, which is uh, on our website. You can find it on the web. as a picture of a marijuana leaf behind it and stuff like that. And we still have that flag. And then she wrote me oh, a letter. With, with a 70s postmark this wow. says like how's the 420 flag um and there's, then, there's so many times that those letters probably could have gone into the trash so yeah, yeah. Uh, we've, we've got them in the vault yeah. and, and the flags in the vault that's a that's gonna be in like the smithsonian someday yeah and, and you say yeah. there's so many times we could have thrown it away it's not that we wanted to save things. We were just too lazy to throw them away. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's it's like such a, this is a very serendipitous thing where you guys were able to prove all these things. So it's, it's very, very cool. Um, one, of our, one of our buddies, uh, the, the school newspaper, you know, they always have a question man. Yeah. So question man school newspaper went to one of our buddies and said, hey, if you could say anything to the graduating class, well, what would you like to say? And our buddy said, 420. And of course, we have the original newspaper with night uh, from the nineteen seventies. That that's right. sitting in the in the vault too. Um, wow! So yeah, multiple pieces of evidence. Well, I mean, I think this is such a good uh, segue. We're gonna we're gonna segue into um, the journey here, and I, I this is kind of. The reason I wanted to talk to you guys in particular is obviously your your connection to, and deep roots to like something that's become an international phenomenon. But also like, you know, a lot of the stuff that we talk about in this podcast are how people have affected the cannabis industry, how it's affected them and how it affects business and how um, also just like, you know, the importance and impact of it in, in people's lives um, as we're moving into like a federal legal situation. So um, I think one of the things I wanted to ask you guys is really like, you know, becoming known for this. And this is a stigma problem that a lot of people have or are worried about as like they get into cannabis. We I talked to someone the other day and she's like, well, I didn't want to do anything in cannabis because I was worried that nobody else would hire me after. So this is this is a big challenge. Stigma is a huge challenge for us. And um, I want to know, like, you know, how has it um, affected you guys in your personal life as you've been getting jobs? Like at some point you were known for this 420 thing. Um, and how did you how, how has it affected your professional life? And, and you know, um, it wasn't legal when you guys were um, <laughs> when you guys were doing this. So, well, to begin with, you know, uh the other three guys, besides Stephen, Stephen and I came out with this, you know, back, you know, the articles in 98, but the other guys didn't want their names published because they family men and they're paranoid, you know, yeah. with the stigma of being associated with marijuana. But uh, they, we all came out, uh, they, they came out in 2012 when we, we had another article in, in uh, I think it was the Huffington Post, Steve. Um, I, I don't remember which one of the articles. Yeah. Anyway, they came out and uh, they, you know, since then we've all been out, you know, yeah. Steve and I were the originals with our full names and the other three guys came out back then. A lot of times we used to have uh, 
our faces blurred or they they change our voices <laughs> Your or something voices, like that. So like like you guys are some some mischievous like uh witness protection program <laughs> witness protection yeah you know one of the the main changes in my entire life uh, when i just saw a, just a phenomenal shift I have a, a specialty finance company. We finance uh, businesses, special niche lenders and business. Uh, um, for years, my my earlier business partner would say, don't talk about it. It's bad for business. Yeah. Don't say anything. We don't want people to know it's bad for business. And we were doing an interview here, interviewing there. And then all of a sudden, I don't remember what year it was. I can look it up because I have the article posted on our website. One year the Wall Street Journal called me up and they said, there are so many businesses that are using the 420 thing in marketing. Uh, the names of the business in marketing, it's just a, a huge thing now. And we'd like to show how big it is and that people in the normal business world, normal kind of straight, seemingly straight business people uh, are, are using this. Right. So they interviewed me and I was at a conference uh, kind of in the lending industry uh, down in Southern California. And it, the article came out on the front page of the wall street journal. <laughs> and of course they had to have a picture of me in a tie because they wanted that. So it came out, it was on the front page and they put it on the doorstep of every room at the hotel. Oh my God. Yeah. I've seen that before. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and then I go down to the conference hall and all of a sudden, just out of the blue, Every bank president was my new best friend. I, I had no, no idea how many people were in the closet about it. Uh -huh. How many people were telling me like their, their wives were elementary school teachers. They used it every night to get to sleep and all this stuff. Wow. Just That just changed everything dramatically. And all of a sudden, everybody in the industry is cool to, have, to know me with that association. I have, I have customers who stay with me because they just think that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. So something you thought might like, or even that your partner thought might be such a detriment ended up being like, Oh, well, everyone's kind of doing this quietly. Yeah. Right. Uh, I and mean, it just kind of snowballed from there and there. I mean, we just did a huge uh, uh, interview for this 420, uh, yeah. 2021 for with Forbes, you know, they did a whole thing. They did. They liked the interview so much. They did a, a little video and stuff. So no, it's, it's mushroomed. For, for the better, you know, for the good. <laughs> yeah, no, that I mean, that's good to hear. I mean, it's good to hear that you're, I mean, you're able to kind of give people a little bit more confidence in, in that, um, in that sex, that, that area, because they probably were pretty quiet about it before. Right. I mean, the people are still quiet about it today. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Now, how did you guys avoid the scrutiny of the police being like the yeah. center of attention at this point? I mean, Recently or oh, no, 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 before, before. Oh, we, we, there were so many times that we almost got busted and we wiggled out of every one of them back in the early seventies, you know, smoking weed was a crime. Yeah. You could go to jail for 10 years for having a joint in some States. Yeah. So we were always, you know, looking over our shoulders. We were like uh, underground desperado dope smoking hippies, you know, <laughs> the so level of paranoia, how much adrenaline we went through our systems. You know, every every week of the year, uh, uh, avoiding and hiding and everything right. like that. We have no idea what no people have no idea what it was. Yeah, I mean, there was one time when we were we decided we were going to go down to the Tonight Show in 1974, right? So we hop in Steve's car and we brought a, a high school friend, this young woman. Uh, what was her name again, Steve? Uh, Lauren. Lauren. So we're driving down. Uh, heading towards LA and we're down in San Luis Obispo mm -hmm. and we're smoking some joints and listening to the stereo and all of a sudden Steve says put put it out the cops are behind us uh -huh. so there's a motorcycle cop following us and then and then we're throwing the doobies out the windows with the doobies <laughs> the windows were all rolled up so they're bouncing back inside <laughs> oh, the whole no. car is filled with smoke oh shit <laughs> another minute later we notice a cop car on our left and then a minute later there's one on our right and then there's one in front of us oh, and they're pulling no. us all over to the side of the road oh no so we're sitting there in a cloud of smoke with like five cop cars and a motorcycle uh, cop and they come up to the window with their guns drawn and we're freaking out Steve rolls down the window and the cop says, 
I'd like to see your uh, driver's license, all of you. So we, well, okay, here they are. Yeah. Right. The cop didn't say anything about the smoke or the weed. He takes the licenses. He goes back to his car. He sits there for about 20 minutes and runs checks on all of us. And we're just freaking out. Yeah, yeah. And he comes back to the car and says, okay, you can go. And we said, well, what? why did you stop us? Your tail says, out. Well, I thought you were the SLA, the Symbionese Liberation Army. And this young woman was Patty Hearst with you. What? Was, wow. So we missed it. We were going to miss our time, uh, tonight show window. So what did you tell the cops, Steve? Well, Johnny Carson was the big guy at that time. Right. I just wanted to say, I just said, cop, you know, you delayed us. You goof. Now we're going to miss Johnny Carson. I was perturbed. Yeah. You were mad. He's like, uh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> these really, kids, like, these kids. What is that about? Yeah. Oh, man. That is crazy. Wow. So, like, the the cl- scariest, well, maybe not the scariest, but one of the encounters, it wasn't even about you. It was, <laughs> you guys were so paranoid about it all the time well tell, tell us a little bit more about i mean what have you guys been doing i mean obviously this 420 kind of social thing is more of like a side i imagine it's more of a side thing um unless you guys are building something more out of it but um you know as far as like what you guys ended up doing in your careers and your lives like how did that affect the direction that your life has taken um yeah <laughs> well all of us have different careers. Larry, Waldo Larry uh, Schwartz is a uh, uh, in printing and he does design. And uh, Mark uh, is a uh, photographer's assistant for high school. Uh, uh, commercial, commercial photography. Commercial photography. Mm-hmm. Jeff works in the wine industry. I, I worked as a, a cameraman field producer for CNN for oh. 20 years. And... Uh, one funny story I have is a, a reporter I worked. I never told anybody at CNN about this, right? right. So I kept it a, series, a, a secret for so long. On Facebook a couple of years ago, a reporter I used to work with on on 420 Day saw the article and stories about us, and he says, "You know, you never know who you're gonna you you've been working with or who they really are until you really discover who they are." Like. Like the guy that carried the flag up Iwo Jima or the guy who smoked a joint at Santa Fe High School. You're like, hmm. <laughs> Dave would tell me stories about being in, in the field, like down in L.A., uh, like, you know, there earthquakes. I don't remember what the story was. But he'd be there with the camera, CNN, uh-huh. and they'd be like Connie Chung on his left side and somebody like, you know, the stature of Tom Brokaw on his right side. And Dave would be stoned out of his mind with the camera. And they had no idea. Wow. That's so funny. That's so funny. I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, and you don't know, maybe they were stoned too. I mean, they probably weren't, but not on camera, but, uh, uh, but yeah, you know, I didn't make a regular practice of getting stoned on the job. <laughs> right. right, right. <laughs> no, but I, I think, I think that's, that's such a, a an interesting testament to, um, just like society in general, what that what your that guy said is that you never know who you're around or what they're doing. Like you don't know what people's private lives lives are like. And I think people have been in the closet for so long, you know, smoking or doing anything with cannabis that um, right now, as we talk about it more, it's like always been such a secret that people are so afraid to even explore ideas of like a legal job in the industry. It's, it's a big deal for people. Um, That's why I'm so interested in seeing like, you know, how it's impacted you negatively or how it's impacted you positively and what maybe you would, you guys would say to someone that is wanting to explore a career in, in this area. Um, obviously things are different now than it was when you guys were, um, growing and what, up. And what I do in, in the realm of commercial lending, a lot of what we do has to do with law. And yeah. I spend 50% of my time with attorneys and contracts and stuff like that as all these different things come at us as the Waldos. We're yeah. a separate LLC. And things come at us, whether it's uh, movie producers or, or beer we beer producers or th- these things that come at us, you start going back and forth. Because I have the training from commercial lending, Yeah, we start going back and forth with people. I, I, I'm already trained. Nobody's going to pull anything over on us. Right. So we, we, we ourselves, we go through these contracts and negotiations ourselves. Word by word by word. Uh Steve and I have become experts at uh, reviewing uh, proposals and contracts. Yeah, and everybody's fighting for every single atom these days. Of course. 
So that's what what we have done in the real world has come very become very useful. In, and the well, same thing with Dave. Well, we've done hundreds and hundreds of interviews. Yeah. And, and Dave's been around that. So we're a student media, a student con- and contracts, a student business. And uh, it's all come in useful. What about, I mean, you guys were mentioning, you guys are kind of like the managing partners. Um, what about the other guys? Have they felt like they had a negative impact from their involvement in this? Or Obviously, they kind of wanted to be a little bit more private about it, which is totally understandable. This is like entertainment industry 101, like having a private life. But um, do you think they've shied away from it, from it to kind of uh, detach themselves from that stigma? No, I think they're, uh, in the last few years, they're all very proud to be associated with 420. And the, yeah. the thing is, their kids, the kids are in high school. Yeah. Our kids are in high school and they're they're proud of us and all, you know, all their friends are <laughs> proud awesome. of us. They're really excited to, to talk about us. Yeah. Well, you know, we're basically, uh, we're, we're the, the kids know we're kind of extended family. You, you have to understand the Waldos we we've been friends. Well, I know Mark since uh, I was in, in second grade. Wow. Uh, Dave, uh, Waldo Mark and, and uh, Dave, no, Dave met Larry what, in junior high school. Yeah. Junior high school. So we go back, you know, 55, 60 years and crazy. we all live near each other. We see each other all the time. We talk on the phone every day. Uh-huh. Uh, we're there for every single family, family event, whether it's weddings, uh, uh, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs <laughs> divorces, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, memorial services sure. I and mean, everything. We've, we've been kind of family and our kids know that there's kind of extended family. The wives, you can imagine uh, how wives uh, can get that they've accepted. They knew what they got into when they were marrying Waldos. Yeah. Yeah. That's so funny. You guys are like a little collective. Um, (laughs) so, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, that's also really cool. I mean, it's kind of like a testament to friendship too. Um, you guys still being in touch and being so close and, um, using it as, as a positive thing. Um, what would you say to people who are like, you know, like I think people are still trying to figure out how to norm, make it normal. And I don't know, do you guys talk about it? Um, you know, how, how do you practice, you know, 420, I guess, I don't know. I don't know how to, um, word it, but like how, how, how do you normalize it with like you having kids and having families and stuff like that? Well, first of all, you know, we don't advocate smoking marijuana for children. Of course, of course. No, no, no. <laughs> and and uh, second of all, you know, it's worked for us. Right. <laughs> no, we, we've been able to, you know, we're all responsible. We yeah. have jobs, we have uh, houses and <laughs> pay the mortgage. I mean, we've been able to do everything in life successfully. I mean, I know some people can't handle it. They get carried away with it, but mm-hmm. we've been able to do, mm-hmm. you know, live normal, responsible lives. And we're still, you know, we still go on safaris. We came up with safaris before we, you know, even got into this uh, 420 thing. We were the guys underneath the football stands on Friday night going, what the hell are we doing here while we're smoking a doobie? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, so, you know, we wanted to do something more interesting than just going to parties and hanging out on a Friday night at a football game. So, right. you know, one year, uh, Steve was reading a uh, Rolling Stone magazine. I'll let him tell you about that. Well, there was just a, the very, very first holograms were being developed. This is like 1971 back then. Okay. I mean, you, you grew up with holograms. Yeah. You, you, that's mm-hmm. all you've ever known. But back then, it was just total science fiction, a three-dimensional image made out like, of light. Bro, what, right. what, the, what the hell? <laughs> so there was these scientists down in Silicon Valley or down that way uh, working on it 24-7. I'm like, oh, I'll go visit the scientists if they're working on it 24-7. And I did, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And we got stoned and went. I got the Waldos. The next week, we got stoned and went back to visit them. And each week, we figured out some weird adventure to go on. We called them safaris. That's what and we, oh, okay, we, got it. we saw that on the website. Yeah. We yeah. challenge each other each week to uh, come up with a new safari. We were, you know, we were out there, we were seekers looking for new, weird, interesting places to go and weird people to meet. So that was our challenge every, 
every week to come so up with weird adventures and weird catchphrases. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that's really cool. I imagine you guys have run across, especially now, a ton of really cool people. What has been like one incident that was a surprising incident that you kind of met someone that blew your mind? Uh, I met Chom Tommy Chong over at the Cannabis Cup in, in Amsterdam about 14 years ago. But I didn't even mention that uh, about who you were. I yeah. just said hello to him in the elevator, him and his wife and uh, a very nice guy. He was at the uh, Cannabis Cup as a, a speaker there. Sure. Of course. Of course. What about what about you, uh, Steve? I, I, you know, something weird about me. I run into people all the time, celebrities by myself. I don't know For why they run into me or I run into them. It's like, I don't know what the thing is, but uh -huh. uh, God, one day I ran into, I go story after story. One day I'm driving, I'm by this little airport, a little private airport. I like to watch planes. Uh -huh. And I'm sitting there and I look over and Steve Perry from Journey is sitting there in a field. Uh -huh. I'm like, Steve, what are you doing here? <laughs> and he goes, I'm taking helicopter lessons. And the instructor just took the helicopter and he flew off and uh, he's going to come back in a while. I'm sitting here. So him and I just started talking. <laughs> I was there for half an hour talking with him. Um, one time I was at a, uh, remember, you know, Andy Kaufman, the comedian? Yeah. You know yeah. who that is? Mm -hmm. One day, uh, Andy Kaufman and, and this com uh, magician, Doug Henning, they wanted to do a uh, concert to raise money to teach transcendental meditation to prisoners of San Quentin. Hmm. So I went to that show. Afterwards, there was this party. And I'm at this party. I'm up, up in this room. There's like 30 people. And all of a sudden, like, every, like people saw a ghost. Everybody in the room runs out. And there's two people left in the room, me and Andy Kaufman. I'm there with them oh. for half an hour talking about this and that. Story. One day, I was, you know David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, and yeah. Nash? Yeah. So I'm at a hotel on a, a, a in on Friday. I stay over because I had a business appointment on Monday. I get wake up. The parking lot's empty. At the far corner of the parking lot, there's a car with a garbage can. And I go. I get in my car. I go to throw something away. It's David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I'm like, David, what are you doing here? He goes. <laughs> He goes, the tabloids, they look through my garbage. They find out everything about me. So I come down here to throw my garbage away. Wow. That, that's wow. your that's your tagline. It's so-and-so. What are you doing here? <laughs> and I always use their first name like I'm buddies with. Yeah. Tons of these stories. And they just kind of go on and on. There was another time I went to a show down in Calaveras County in 1987. It was the uh, Mountaineer Festival with the Grateful Dead and Santana. It was a three-day uh, concert, and uh, we went to the show the first couple of days. And Saturday after the show, a friend of mine invited us up to a place called the Avery Ranch up in uh, Twainheart, up on the top of this mountain. So you drive up this bumpy dirt road. We got up there, and we're hanging with the crew and partying a little bit. And this is like a couple of hours after the show. And all of a sudden, this huge banana-type helicopter lands in this huge uh, meadow. And uh, the Grateful Dead all come tromping out. And, uh, <laughs> wow. So a little bit later on, John, my buddy John and I are walking around and we there, there was a bunch of little cabins dotted all over this meadow, this huge flat meadow on the top of the mountain. We see Jerry Garcia sitting on the porch of one of these little cabins by himself on a rocking chair. And we say, hey, Jerry, how you doing? Would you like to smoke a joint? He says, yeah, come on up. <laughs> so we go up and we hang with Jerry. We got high with him for like an hour. It, you know, I told him, hey, you guys were good. Santana was really good. And he, and he jokingly started laughing. And he told us a story about how Carlos Santana used to sneak into the Fillmore all the time to, uh, to learn how to play guitar from Jerry himself. From and Jerry. he was just joking about that. But uh, so we hung with him. We got high, uh, smoked a few doobies and... Uh, he just was totally cool with us and very nice and accepting. And, you know, we walked away with a solid gold memory. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, like, I think I think that's really cool to be able to have these opportunities. But I don't know. It sounds like you guys were just in a good place, a right place at the right time for a lot of these. I don't yeah. know, I don't know if it had a lot to do with being the the Waldos, the 420 Waldos. No, what, just you, kind of a. Well, just kind of explorers, seekers, like yeah. as Dave said, just the kind of individuals that, like I said, 
we weren't Spicoli who just smoked weed and sat on a couch sure. or something like mm-hmm. that or, or just did an idiotic thing. We weren't stupid stoners. Yeah. Right. yeah. Well, what, what kind of opportunities are you guys taking advantage of now as 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 the group that kind of put this together? I imagine you have some really cool things as, you know, the industry is kind of moving forward and you have this legacy. Um, do you have any plans for what you guys are going to be doing next? Well, you know, you say you're, you're in a vape uh, company uh, studio there. Yes. Uh, two years, three years ago, we had a vape pen with a company called uh, uh, Chemistry over in Oakland, which was a, a very good success. And what we did is we donated all the profits, 100% to uh, uh, the Drug Policy uh, Alliance. Okay, oh, very cool. great. So, uh, and presently, we just signed a deal. We've we've uh, been uh, we renewed. What's that? We renewed our deal. We renewed our uh, deal with Lagunitas Brewery. They make they've been making our uh, our beer called Waldo Special Ale for the last ten years. Yeah. Oh, 10 years okay. Ago. I'm gonna I'm gonna I, try I actually that. Tried it a couple of weeks ago at a friend's oh. house. Yeah. Oh, is it okay? Is it hoppy? I like hops. It's yes, hoppy and fruity hoppy. and okay. very strong. It's eleven point seven percent alcohol, so it's almost like a barley wine. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up on the way home today. <laughs> well, it's seasonal. Well, they they only produce it about a month or two before April twentieth, and okay. then it's from the store. It may not be on the shelf now, okay. but you can get it in uh, March and April of next year. But um, they approached us after, you know, they had success with other, uh, they, they had beers uh, that they promoted with rock stars like Frank Zappa and his sure. family. Sure. And so they approached us and asked us if we'd like to make a beer with them. And they, we said, sure. You're like, hell yeah. Hell yeah. So, so they invited us up to their brewery in Petaluma and we picked out all the hops ourselves. Oh, the wow. most dankest hops that smelled like marijuana and you'd rub them together and smell them. And we picked the hops and they've been making the beer for 10 years now. And we just uh, renewed our contract with them, another three-year deal going forward. Mm-hmm. So they'll be making the beer uh, the next three years and many more years to come. And we're very- for, the, for the first seven years, they said it cost them too much to make and promote. They couldn't pay us anything. And it was good just to be, well, whatever. It's good just to have a, a company of that size do a brand around us. And that well, and then it's good. nice for you guys to have it at your house too. <laughs> you know, yeah. like this is our beer. <laughs> yeah, and that, that would look good to any other potential people who want to do any kind of branding around us. So we, we let it go for about seven years. But by, by the seventh year, we said, look, we, we can't do this any longer. You got to be making some money. Yeah, you got to. Well, it's not the money. It just said it can set a legal precedent that yeah. other people can use our name and likeness without having to pay us. Right. So they, they started paying us some nominal amount for a couple of years. We just came around for renewal and we said, hey, we're so much in the media. We're a lot bigger now. And this 420 thing growing from state to state and in a million different ways. Yeah. So we, we just renewed. Actually, we got the approval yesterday. Did so, you- yeah, it's a much better deal than in the past. Did you guys do anything around trademarking or anything like that? Um, the thing comes- that people don't understand, people come to us all the time and they yeah. say, did you trademark 420? You should have oh, trademarked I don't think you can, right? I don't know. And, if you, and you have to explain to people, you just can't trademark anything and everything and grab <laughs> trademarks. You, <laughs> have, you, have, you have to do it for a specific category, like 420 sunglasses. And then you have to use it in interstate trade and prove that you used it in interstate trade. And there's a whole process. So you have to do it for specific categories. And we, well, we did it for, you know, 420 Waldos for shirts and hats and stuff for our website. Dave, but, we lost you know, our light. I think you can just all of a sudden do, hey, you guys ought to do some 420 snowblowers or, or one-time utensils or, yeah. or whatever, uh-huh. uh, some gender-neutral soup crackers. Who, who knows these days what, what you can do? But no, we uh, it, it's limited, and there's a lot of process and procedure. We're re- I was Somebody sent me a phony thing. You get these all the time that they want to get money for renewing your trademark. Right. But they, they changed the date. So then I'm like, is my trademark really expiring? I just had to spend hours the other night figuring this <laughs> stuff out. So, yeah, we kind of have a, besides the fun of 420, we kind of have a business to run here. With yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I imagine, I mean, I think everybody should be cognizant of those types of things. You can't, you can't trademark everything, but you can kind of form a plan around it, I guess. Yeah. You can't just trademark a number by yeah. itself. You know, <laughs> right. you just can't grab, say, I want everything for 20. The number belongs to all of us. Yes, really. <laughs> uh, well, do you guys, I mean, this is Lagunitas. Lagunitas. Yeah. Um, 
my God. Like, Lagunitas. That Lagunitas yeah. is um, a really cool I, I, like opportunity. And it sounds like you guys have done some things. Do you have anything coming up that uh, you're working on? Yeah, now people are coming at us with the NFTs. And not everybody knows what NFTs yes. are. These called non-fungible. I don't know. Non-fungible tokens. Non-fungible tokens. tokens. And for you know, people listening to this, they don't know what it is. It's kind of like on a on a Bitcoin-like format, they trade. You have a piece of art. It can yeah. be a piece of physical art. It can be even a sound bite. It can be an offer, a piece of art with back, backed by an experience. And people can, I guess, bid basically, and they own the digital form of that art. So people want us to do these NFTs and we're working on that. That's uh, a really cool idea. I think you should definitely look into that. Um, any, any brands in the future? Uh, you come to us and we'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a bunch of people who, who uh, have, you know, loosely and we're, we're just so busy with our regular lives. No, yeah. NFTs and everything else. There's people who have said they'd like to do, you know, uh, weed brands. Uh, but we just don't want, we want to do everything right with quality. We just don't want to put our names on it. Absolutely. We're at the stage of life. It's not going to change anything. We're already in our sixties. So yeah. we're not like super greedy and we're going to jump on, but we want things to be quality if we're going to do them. So there, yeah, there's some things brewing out there with, with, with marijuana and cannabis. I think every celebrity in the world has got the idea like, Oh, me too. You yeah, know, it's like absolutely. everybody wanted to be a dot comer and everybody's going to have a weed. Uh, I was saying the other day, I was surprised that all of a sudden you can hear Tom Selleck is going to have his brand <laughs> weed to, to induce people to do his reverse mortgages or something like that. It's like oh, it's wow. not, getting that crazy. No, that's not true. I'm just making no, no, it up. No, but it would be funny. <laughs> it's getting that crazy that everybody, every celebrity in the world thinks they can have a weed. So it's getting, I don't know that any celebrity's weed has dominated uh, you know, Marley was doing a brand. I don't know. They Willie Nelson's got a Jerry brand. Garcia's yeah. got a brand. Jerry Garcia uh, has a weed. I don't know. That's not, yeah. no, uh, nobody's dominated. It's kind of spread out. Yeah. And it's it's more of like, a, hey, like people know that I smoke, so I should have something. It's yeah. I don't think it I don't think it's a well thought out like business plan. I mean, I'm sure it is. But, it, you know, it's not, not everyone, it's yeah. not a central focus for a lot of those guys. And it's just a kind of something they could put their name on. Right. I, I agree. see. Uh, well, Seth Rogen, he's getting on a lot of shows every time pushing his new brand. But yeah. I don't know that that's in every store in America. I don't, you know. Yeah, no, Seth take- Rogen's brand, Houseplant, that's been around for, I think, since 2017 because he's Canadian. You know, he got to he got on that market quite early. I, I think I think that is kind of the way to do it. He's done a really good job of um putting together brand specialists to create something that he loves and that he's very passionate about it. I feel like that's a little bit different than like, you know, when you have another like entertainer or celebrity that um, just kind of puts their name on something too. It's like they're, he's, they're creating something I think from the ground up. Yeah. Right. We're thinking about coming out with a, uh, a pizza marijuana infusion <laughs> that sounds that would be amazing. so cool. Oh, he, he's just kidding. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> well, I could see I could see it in the I mean, frozen there are already sauces the, out there. The frozen food department, the frozen food section with your your faces on it. Right. <laughs> and it's red and white, so it fits the Waldo theme. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> well, is there anything that that we haven't really? I know you guys have so many stories, and I um, the stories that you probably told and the stories you haven't told. Um, is there anything else that we kind of like missed today? Well, you know, our website. Yeah, we have, yeah, please. Uh, there's hundreds of pages there uh, of our stories and our background and our and our phrases and uh, hundreds of interviews that we've done in media, not only print, but there there's uh, uh, there's podcasts and radio shows. I mean, all over the the world, even you know. It, Canadian broadcasting system and the book. We've Italy. done interviews with Italian magazines, Colombian magazines, <laughs> Israeli <laughs> magazines. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. So our website has a lot of not only just factual, but a lot of entertaining things. We put a lot of funny videos that we found. Like there was uh, what was the name of that show on? Uh, uh, they did a whole you know movie studio 420 thing of people dancing around celebrating 420 day i'm trying to remember the name of the oh it was a trailer that uh yeah all that stuff's on our site there's a lot of funny stuff to look at there oh and for our viewers that is 420 waldos 420 waldos 420 w a l d o s 
Com. That, that's our site. We have to correct a lot of things. There's a lot of th- things that get twisted. Like we had an interviewer twi- uh, interviewing us who were telling about Mark's father providing, uh, you know, real estate needs for the Grateful Dead. Uh-huh. So we, we do the interview and then we look at the get, thing gets printed up and all of a sudden it's like, Mark's father was a, a gardener for Jerry Garcia. <laughs> what? You know? so, so we got to hey, watch the- marijuana. I, th- I think a lot of interviewers and stuff, they, they do the interview straight, but then they go home and they get smoke they a few smoke bowls a of hash, <laughs> start writing the thing up and all of a sudden their mind starts wondering. So we got to keep a, a, a grip on this media thing and make sure everything's accurate. So that's our definitive accurate side of, of everything that's out. There. Yeah. Some people uh, tend to get creative and, and with your guys, with, with your story, it's, it's easy to kind of uh, go in the wrong direction and start coming up with some fun facts of their own. I'm sure. Yeah, they do. The, the Waldos are, if you, if you got together with all five Waldos in person, all pretty funny, constantly joking. Yeah. The, the Waldos, I mean, Humor is our common common bound between us. Mm-hmm. I can get on the phone anytime morning. I could call up Mark three in the morning, and instantly humor and comedy out of him. Uh-huh. I, he, he'll walk up to anybody and everybody in the world and start joking with him. I don't care, even the scariest looking people. He just immediately disarms people with humor. So that that's our really our common bond. All those crack each other up all the time. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think this is so nice. And I mean, it's been a pleasure to get to know your story a little bit more and and talk to you. So thank you guys so much for the time you gave us today. Um, I hope this helps people understand like, you know, I think what I got out of it was, um, you know, well, especially now, um, stigma is just a, it's just kind of like a a passing phase. I think, Um, like you said, you know, people notice that you were on the cover of that uh, article and they actually appreciated it. So I think honesty, authenticity is kind of the best thing here. That's what you've taught me here. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a totally different changed world. It's mind boggling driving through Oakland. There'll be a big, huge billboard from ease, you know, 420 right on there. It's huge. I mean, it's amazing to see this thing break open the way it has. Yeah, I imagine you guys like have a little sense of a beaming pride inside as you're as you're driving through these things. Your joke here we created. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. We don't we don't get caught up in self-importance. We think it's funny. We do we yeah. continue to laugh about it every day. Well, it's been incredible. Thank you so much. Um thanks for your time and um this has been awesome. I, I appreciate the stories. Sure. Welcome. Thanks and, for uh, having us. And happy 420. Thank you. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. The Green Room Podcast is brought to life by Green Seed PR, a cannabis green tech focused PR agency and a dedicated production team of editors, mixers, and showbookers. A huge thank you to the Vessel team for providing their studio for our recordings. Don't forget to subscribe and share the Green Room podcast with friends, colleagues, and family. That way you'll never miss an episode and we can keep the lights on. If you're feeling extra generous, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast listening platform. You can also find us on Instagram at GreenSeedPR and see the live video versions of all of our podcasts on YouTube. Would you like to be on the guest on the show or do you have a great guest referral? Awesome. Submit your guests at greenseedpr.com slash the hyphen green hyphen room. Thanks for listening and be well.